Welcome back, Money Talkers. I have Jeff Curley with me. We just got done with an amazing full-length interview. We dive into all kinds of things about personal uh, public relations and the news and kind of pulling the curtain back about how to be able to use those strategies to be able to build your business. And also we dive into Jeff's uh, family life and some of the trials and tribulations we've been through. And uh, please go check out that interview. But this is the High Impact Series. This is going to be a one question interview that uh, we're going to hopefully drive uh, a very actionable item out to where you can take your headphones off, take your earbuds out and go have a money talk with your kid. This way you're going to be able to open up the relationship. You're going to start the talk with them. It gives you something to go ahead and do. So if you did this once a week, it'll take 30 minutes in a week. You have, at the end of the year, you've had 52 money talks with your kid and you absolutely changed their financial trajectory. So Jeff, are you ready for the big high impact series? I'm ready. And I, I love it that you do this, this part of, uh, of your interviews because it gets deep. Absolutely. And I want, what I want it to do is I don't want to be able to just consume stuff like we do on podcasts. This is an actionable podcast so that you go out and you start having impact from the things that you're listening to and learning. And the best way you can do it is when it's fresh. So here is the big question, right? What is the one thing that you would teach about that our schools don't, but has had a major impact on your life? And it's a great question. And, and where my mind goes is uh, it's called the last lecture. Uh, professors are asked, if you had one last lecture to give on the planet, what would you say? And I will sometimes give that gift to to people, uh, if God whispered in your ear, Cody, and said, uh, Cody, in one hour, you're coming home, nothing else matters. Uh, but I need you to do me a favor before you come home, uh, you got to go into that room of graduating college seniors and give them an hour of your truth. The good, the bad, the ugly, what would you say? And uh, that's called the last lecture, because if all of us really started to think about what would I say if I had one hour left on the planet, ego doesn't matter, money doesn't matter, I'm going home, uh, you get really, really honest. And I can honestly say that what I would teach about is living your best life, uh, not worrying so much about what other people think or comparing your business to another person's business or your career or your home to another person's life, because uh, the, the poorest person in the country could be happier than the, the wealthiest person in the, in, the, in the country. And I think we use a measuring stick that is not exactly accurate. Uh, we look at people like, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, very successful, obviously a great actor, but he's probably insecure. Why is Tom Cruise insecure? He's never won a Best Actor uh, Academy Award. Uh, Tom Hanks, great actor, one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He's probably just a little bit insecure because although he's won two Oscars, it's been more than two decades. So in his mind, am I washed up? Do I have another Oscar performance in me? Uh, Meryl Streep, uh, she hasn't won in a couple of years. <laughs> you see where, see where I'm going. Yeah. Um, the, the game that most people are playing, you can't win. Uh, the biggest house, the, you know, uh, what, you're your biggest critic in your head. You got to get out of that, right? You got to get out of your head sometimes. And, and there's always going to be that challenge in there. Absolutely. So another question that I sometimes ask young people as I'm um, asking them to think about their life is I say to them, if you won the mega millions jackpot and you're suddenly worth $500 million and money doesn't matter, what would you do with the rest of your life? 
I mean, after you took the trip to Europe, after you bought the house and the boats and the cars and all the foolishness that you would do with, um, you know, half a billion dollars, what would you do with the rest of your life? And when you really stop and think about the power of that question, it takes all of the, your basic needs off the table. And, and now you can get down to what was I put on the planet to do? Most people, when you ask them that question, Cody, they can arrive at a, it, they might not know exactly what they would do with the rest of their life, but they have a category. You know, many will blurt out, oh, well then I would work with children or I would work with animals or I would do, you know, volunteer work. Uh, so, so people can become very clear when they uh, clear away the clutter and the clutter is the noise of society that says, you got to make this much money. You got to do this. You got to do that. When I was in college, and I don't know about you, Cody, but they, there was no entrepreneur class no. in my college. I went to Michigan State, graduated in the mid '80s. That wasn't offered. You couldn't become an entrepreneur, or at least I didn't know what one was. Right. I mean, I didn't know the term. Right? I knew my mom owned their own business, but I didn't know that's what that was. You know. Right. <laughs> I mean, the message, I, I went to Michigan State, and uh, so the, the message was pretty much, you know, get a good job, maybe with the auto industry, work for 40 years, get a gold watch, and retire. And that's, that's as, as big as you can dream. And so uh, when my I got divorced, and my kids went up to Michigan um, uh, a couple decades ago, and I remember them coming back down to um, uh, Dallas to visit. And uh, as soon as they got off the airplane, I, I took them through Highland Park. And Highland Park is where the 1% of Dallas live. And I showed them the house. I showed my kids the houses. And I said, not that money is everything. Not that those people in those houses are happier than you are. But I want you to dream big. Because uh, the, the, if the biggest you can dream is work for General Motors and get a gold watch after 40 years, that, your dream's not big enough. And so, uh, you know, Dallas seems to be the land of, you know, they call it the $30,000 millionaire that, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a land where everybody compares themselves to the other based on, you know, what they drive and-, and Yeah, I lived in South Florida for a few years. It's the same, like you got a, you got a $100,000 car, but can't put gas in it. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, so, I, so I, don't, I don't wanna give mixed messages. I don't believe that those people with all that money uh, are necessarily happier than anybody who's watching this car, call who might be uh, making $30,000 a year. Uh, but I, I, I would say that the folks in those big houses and the people that own those planes have big dreams and they're taking action on those dreams. And there's an old saying, the, the one day novel, um, I'm going to write a novel one day mm -hmm. and that day never comes. Uh, I, Mine's I titled Manana. <laughs> okay. procrastination one day i'll get around to writing that book uh, so anyway um i guess my message is to tomorrow we're not even promised this afternoon i mean i, I could get hit by a car this afternoon and, and that's all she wrote but I, I i don't believe you should leave anything on the table and when they talk to people on their deathbed there have been books written about this it's always uh not the regret is never what they did with their life. The regret is what they didn't do with their life. Um, I'm a fan of Les Brown and Les Brown tells a story that uh, the, he, he says that, you know, we're the richest 
land on earth is. It's, it's not in some oil rich nation. It's not in, you know, the, the Beverly Hills or Rodeo Drive. The richest land on earth is in any cemetery in America because that's where all the dreams are buried. And that's profound, I think, because mm-hmm. I do think so many of us, um, one, we're either chasing something that we can't win, like I described with Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. Uh, we're playing a game we can't win, or we're putting off a dream and saying, I'll, I will do that one day. I will do that if. And I, I would challenge everybody watching this call, a recession like the one we're in right now, who knows if it's going to be a V, a U, or an L, but recession is a really good time to take a hard look at yourself and say, say, am I doing what I was born to do? Am I doing what makes me happy? Not, not just what pays the light bill, but am I doing what uh, God called me to do? Why was I put on this planet? Uh, those kinds of conversations are easier to have during a downturn than during a good time. During yeah. a good time, sometimes you're just too busy just playing the game or running, running on that hamster wheel. During uh, downtimes, when you have a little bit more time on your hands, uh, I think that's a good time for reflection. And if you think about it, a friend of mine put it this way, this pandemic was God putting the entire planet on timeout. Yeah. You know how we, we, we do it with kids? You know, you're on timeout. Everybody was on timeout for three months. You can't, you can't go anywhere. You can't shop. There's nothing to do. Uh, hopefully, most of the people during the pandemic got closer to their family and not further apart. Hopefully, they spent time with the, their kids when they didn't have time to do it before. Hopefully, they invested in some relationships that uh, were neglected during the, the good times. Uh, I think the pandemic was a really good chance to kind of reflect uh, I would ask you, Cody, I, I don't want this to be about me. What, what did the pandemic do for you when you were in timeout? What'd you do? Uh, I did all those things, literally. Um, I actually did that about, uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was in quarantine because a year and a half earlier, I walked away from the high paying job and the hours and everything else. And I started working from home and I started spending a lot of time with my kids. They didn't really know the difference other than they just weren't at school. I'll be honest with you, because I, I was able to do that. Um, I wanted to, you know, and and I'm very fortunate, trust me, I know it every day. Um, and, and I wanted to circle back into something that you said there, where if you were to ask a young person, what would you do, uh, if you were financially free? And if we have parents listening right now, um, thinking about having conversations with their kids, but they don't want to, or they don't anything else, think about it this way. What could your kids do if they were financially free? right? Because if they don't get into the traps and they don't, uh, they, they can go out. Those people in those 1% in those big houses, for me, the reasons that they're able to obtain those things is because they solve bigger problems, right? That's all the thing that, that's all money is, is a trade of value of the problems that you can solve. So you may work $40,000 a year. There are some people with $40,000 for an hour of their time, right? There's people who uh, because they're, they're able to solve bigger problems. And so I really wanted to start money talkers with that framework in mind for me. It's a, that was where it became a personal goal was I started thinking about what could our kids do if they were financially free or they didn't get, they didn't hit the hamster wheel running, you know, college debt, car debt, house debt, credit card debt, 
Like all of a sudden you can't go out and do the things that you follow as passions. And we tell people to go follow their passions, but a lot of times it's, it's, it's almost too late. And I think that's what you're talking about now with a recession restart. Like it's time to have some, it, it gives you a break to say, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, it's time to reflect, you know, and what are you going to double down into doing about it? And it's a time to say, okay, like, let's take a break. We've been running really hot, really fast, really hard. And we've just been going with the flow. Well, all of a sudden the flow stops and it's like, oh man, well, am I running the way I want to go? Right. Am I going in, am I running towards the, the target or the direction that I want to go? Because you're not promised the tomorrow. You know, if you can help instill that thing in your kids, like, you know, a lot of times what you're trying to talk about too, is just taking action. Like yep. put the, put it down and go have a talk with your kids. The most important thing you can do is just open the door, right? And open these, these doors. You have, you have more financial knowledge in your head than you can imagine that you've already learned how to bump your head a bunch of times. Well, don't let them bump their heads so that they can go change the world. Yes. And the other advice I would give parents is uh, be open-minded and really explore what is your child interested in doing. There are far too many doctors who hate medicine and far too many lawyers who hate the law. And when you really peel back the onion, you find out it was something their dad or mom said, uh, you go be a doctor, go make us proud. And so they reluctantly go to medical school. And the next thing you know, they wake up and they're 45 or 50 and they hate their life. And they think to themselves, why did I ever get into medicine? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was listening to mom and dad. I think good parenting advice is really get in tune with what, what you're what your kid is into because yeah. I think yeah. you can find a career and you can make a living doing what you're passionate about uh, probably with some help from some a mentor or two who's guiding you uh, you know if you if you if you do want to accumulate wealth if that's something that's on your your bucket list uh, there's probably ways to do it and also uh, fulfill that part of your heart that is aching to do this thing. Even if that thing is a nonprofit type thing, you can do both. Yeah. And I think that one of the, 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 um, their biggest, they're wealthy already. They're not wealthy with money, but they're wealthy with time. And those are the things is that it doesn't take much money if you have lots and lots of time to be, you know, to have the end result because of compound interest and those kinds of things that get into that. But I think that for us on this takeaway for being able to have this be the high impact series where someone can go uh, to think about the talk, like at the dinner table tonight or take a break on the car ride if you're going to do, you know, to gymnastics or baseball or whatever you're doing and ask that question that Jeff brought up that what would you do if you won $500 million, right? And they're going to go off about the Lamborghini and the mansion and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when you get done with that stuff, what would you do? Because you can't sit around in a house all day long and be bored because there's only so much Netflix. and There's only so much YouTube, right? And you're going to, you need that fulfillment. So what would you do uh, if, if money didn't matter? And, uh, and I think that's a really open-ended, fun kind of question and conversation to have at the dinner table and uh and see where their passions are because that's an easy way to kind of draw it out instead of just saying what do you want to view and grow up and and i would say enjoy the journey uh too many people are living in the future and saying i'm going to be happy when i i would bet that it, it when ringo Starr and paul mccartney get together and they talk about old times 
they're not talking about Beatlemania. They're talking about before Beatlemania. They're talking yeah. about when nobody knew them and they're just, you know, some lads from, from Liverpool who are playing in crummy caverns and nobody knew who they were. Those are probably the times uh, that they reflect on with, you know, the fondest memories. And I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I think I'm always... You know, I started this company in my home 11 years ago, and I instantly started comparing myself to other PR firms, and I'll be happy when, and I'll be happy when, and I'm still an empire builder. I'm still, you know, uh, you know, climbing mountains and challenging myself, uh, but I have to remind myself, enjoy this part of the journey, yeah. and, and, you know, enjoy this part, because uh, if you're not having fun on, on the journey, what's the point? I'm a big believer in the words that we use. And there's the vision and the way that we see the world. And so I'll be happy when needs to turn into I'm happy. Yes. Right. Yes. And tell it's yourself just, uh, that I'm, I am happy. You and I are big fans of the Michael Jordan series. Uh, it didn't, it, we both watched that and, we, you know, we both agreed that that's a, it's a business series, not a sports series. Uh, he had this eye of the tiger. He was determined. He would make up enemies that didn't exist. <laughs> it, was, it was very inspirational to me. Um, I would be interested to hear Michael's um, reflections on how much fun was it during, during that period? Was it fun? Was it, was it, was it pressure? Was he always, um, you know, I've, I feel like that man had the weight of the world on his shoulders. I mean, uh, I, in fact, I was thinking about that this morning. How many game-winning baskets did Michael Jordan miss? You know, we yeah. think about all the ones that he made. How many did he miss? And how did he feel afterwards when, you know, that he f felt like he let down his team, he let down the fans. I mean, there's a lot of pressure that goes along with being uh, an athlete like uh, Michael Jordan. And so my, my question to him, if I had him on, on a, a Zoom call, would be, Michael, did you have fun while you were doing it? When you were in it, was it fun? You know what, though? He didn't stop shooting. No, he didn't. And that's the, the persistence is, the, is one of the main – persistence to me is the main driver of success. Absolutely. Miss the shot. Analyze why you miss the shot. Go shoot it again. Give me the ball. Right. <laughs> I, I love that. I think, I don't know if it's Wayne Gretzky uh, who said, you know, you, you miss 100% uh, of the shots that you never take. Uh, I think too many people uh, probably listening to this call uh, are thinking about the shot that they want to make and they just, they haven't gotten around to taking the shot. You got to take your shot. I want to, I want to flip that over. You have you miss one hundred percent of the opportunities for the money talks you don't have. <laughs> yes, I love right? that. I love that. <laughs> so awesome, Jeff. I want to say thank you again for being on Money Talkers, uh, parents. This is the part where you know you take your headphones out, you take your earbuds out. Um, go have that talk. Go take that shot. Right. Go uh, go have that impact and 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 have those conversations. They don't have to be massive, long, drawn out conversations, but open the door to talk about money so that you guys are both money talkers. It will have a major, massive impact on your kid's financial life, but also in your relationship. And so Jeff, where, if people want to find out more about what you do, where should they find you? Our website is probably the best place. It's realnewspr.com. Real news, not fake news. Real news, PR, like publicrelations.com. Awesome, man. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for being on Money Talkers. I appreciate you. God bless. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. 
If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.